מורנו ורבנו. היי, עמוס, מה שלומך? הכל טוב, מה שלומך? מצוין, very good, interesting subject today. That also meant very good and excellent for those who don't speak Hebrew, which we have a bigger audience now. Oh, yes, Baruch Hashem. Yeah, we've got 33. Oh, 33? All right, we cracked the 30. Hopefully by next week we'll crack 50. So if you're listening to this, and if even if you have friends, if you have family, or friends and family, then tell them to subscribe. It doesn't cost them money. It's a great show. And follow on everything. And follow on everything. Instagram, Spotify. I'm going to go through the whole thing at the end. Yeah. But I have to tell you guys, this is, uh, without being arrogant, because we did speak about that, but this is actually a very unique podcast. There's many podcasts that are about, you know, Judaism, about Parsha, lots of Jewish podcasts. Not many Jewish podcasts just pick random topics from a Jewish perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I've got a friend who um, listens to this. Listens mm. to two a day, she does. Wow. And um, she can't do that anymore. She right. got through all like eight of them. So it only lasted <laughs> four days. But um It's an intense four days. Yeah. It's an intense four days. Especially if you're listening to like the third and fourth episode and the first mm-hmm. and second one together. It's yeah. Like, yeah, she started with the referendum. With the hip real heavy she stuff. She started with the end of life bill. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> Today we have something a little bit lighter. Very practical though, very practical. And also yes. a, it is a rare opportunity to kind of pull back the curtain. Yes. Pull back the veil, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, the topic is going to be kosher certification. Yes. For companies, for manufacturers. And all the ins and outs Specifically. Yeah. All the ins and outs, meaning I'm not going to address restaurants. I'm yeah. not going to address kosher in the home. Because kosher supervision. I'm not going to address kosher in the shul kitchen. Specifically manufacturers, which means uh, plants that produce food, uh, it produce chemicals, it can produce uh, things like ascorbic acid, water, different things. It's a very interesting topic. Most kosher organizations will not tell you a lot of the what goes on behind the scenes. Yeah. Some will, some won't. They keep it really close to the vest. Um, I'm still going to keep some things close to the vest, of course, um, as far as our clients and confidentiality and things of that nature yeah but our clients are really proud to be kosher kiwi clients many of them put kosher kiwi on their on a logo on their product so i can speak mm. about those companies specifically and others and what i want to do is just try to give uh it was almost his idea actually to try to give people an understanding of what goes on with kosher supervision, how a plant can get kosher supervision, what are some of the obstacles, what are some of the challenges, and why they do it, and maybe a little bit some of the business side. So uh, I am the rabbi of the Wellington Jewish Community Center. I also, as part of my job, myself and Rabbi Nati Friedler, uh, we are the kosher administrators, really, in the rabbinic supervision for Kosher Kiwi. He has an actual administrator, Ariel, who lives in Danita now, who does his administrative work. Uh, dot here at the office this is some of my administrative work I actually do most of it myself including setting up my own travel schedule uh, um, issuing the certificates and uh, the logistics involved with it um, he also has double the clients I do but I've recruited five new clients in the past year which is a lot for us yeah a lot and each client brings in money that does not go to me it goes to the center so it's mm. it's very very valuable one of the reasons the main reasons that 
kosher certification exists is for business. Yeah. And that's where I'd like to start. So why don't you... I think maybe... I think a great place to start, actually, would be... Um, Talking a bit, so you just came back from a from a. You just came back from a trip. You just came back from a trip from. Yes, I did. From. I went to uh, I went to Auckland, Kerry, Kerry, Dargaville, and back to yeah, Auckland. So, up in North Island. Up in North Island, meaning yeah. yeah, I thought Kerry, Kerry was really close to Auckland until I actually drove it in three and a half, so yeah, four it's, hours it's with quite far. four four and a half hours with <laughs> roadworks. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think there's roadworks everywhere around the country at the moment. Yeah. It looks like a lot of construction workers standing around and Thank God. not doing too much. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so, talk to us a bit about that uh, that trip that you had. And mm. So, so the trip itself is is coordinated with with the client and I went to a place called Olivado and Olivado does put the kosher kiwi symbol on their products uh, and and Olivado makes different types of oils now, yeah they mean that oil mainly avocado oil mm. olive oil uh, peanut oil sesame oil and others and they add flavors to it so Olivado is actually a very good place to start because it has a lot of the dynamics of a kosher certification client mm. first of all why would, would companies want kosher certification they have a lot of audits yeah for those who don't know an audit is when you have a, a, a health inspector a government inspector if you're organic you have to be approved if you're vegan you you can't just put vegan on your product there's a lot of restrictions some of these auditors stay at the plant for three to five days yeah and audit yeah. Meaning the cleanliness, the hygiene, the the quality of the product. My audit is by far the easiest audit they have. Right. It usually takes about an hour and a half mm-hmm. per visit, and I usually only come once a year. Some places I have to go twice a year. We'll discuss that. Yeah, but usually only once a year. And by and what I do is I always tell the clients. This is what I tell the clients because I'm trying to be transparent with them. I check for three things. One, the fact that we have trust with each other, which goes both ways. Mm. Um, obviously, I have to trust that what I certify, the process I certify, is going on even when I'm not there. That's why many kosher supervisors and kosher inspectors will do like surprise pop-up visits with yeah. clients, yeah. unexpected, during business hours, or even not during business hours. They'll check everything. You have to check everything. I'll get into that in a moment. What you check. But you check literally everything from storage to the process, the ingredients. There are other certificates. You check literally everything they're doing from yeah. a kosher standpoint. All, all within an hour and a half. Yeah, it usually only takes an hour and a half. There's there's some that are initial site meetings or very extensive ones that take me up to four hours. Does that change whether it's a new client or a yeah, existing absolutely. one as well? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. If they know what they're doing, it's very quick. And some things are done over email. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some things I have to do on the spot. And some processes are really, really straightforward and simple. Uh, in the case of Olivado, they have both the process that's simple and not simple. But the not simple one happens off-site. So I'll get into that. You yeah. have to certify that. And that became a, a huge topic of discussion uh, on Monday when I was just there. So 
that's first. First, we, but first we look for trust, meaning we can't trust each other. Plus, they, you know, they have. To, we send them an invoice, and mm. they have to make sure we we have to make sure we get them the certificate on time. Yeah, they need the certificate. They can put the logo if they want to. They need the certificate because clients are saying we want you to become kosher. Yes, and that's really the business. Like it, it's really simple. The business side is really simple. Mm-hmm. You have to get if you want to recruit more clients, or if somebody approaches you, it's because. Somebody like Kohl's, which is a big supermarket chain, or yeah. one of their suppliers or clients that buys the product from them and, and supplies it to other uh, food chains, whether usually overseas, outside of New Zealand, mm-hmm. will request them to be kosher because they've got a request to be kosher. Yeah. Because it goes, because, 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 either an actual kosher restaurant or establishment asks them to, or Kohl's, which is a supermarket, asks them to be kosher because of their kosher section, yeah. or because there's huge demand in places like Toronto, New York, Melbourne, it's London, etc., for kosher products because there's an opportunity to get into yeah, a market a <clears throat> that you can't get into without being kosher certified. So it's that's, the diversification diversification of your your market. It's it's More. an ex, it's not a diversification oh, of your market. I wouldn't meaning it is, but it's an expansion of your market. Getting to a new target market. It's the same reason companies go halal. Because Muslims won't buy it if it's not halal. So really, in order to... If you want to get us and all the other culture organizations more clients, which is... It's a $400 billion business today, worldwide. It's a huge business. In order to do that, you have to... Uh, you have to just buy kosher. The more people who actually buy kosher products and are adamant about buying kosher products mm. helps all the kosher certifications, helps a lot of shuls yeah. around the world and communities. And also, for example, even the Orthodox Union, who's mainly funded by kosher certification, plus donations, of course, and other things, they fund an entire youth group with that money because they bring in tens, if not hundreds of million dollars a year. Yeah, I think we touched on that on one of our previous episodes mm-hmm. We did as well. Um, we did. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll be back very soon. We will be right back. And we are back. Um, so we touched on three things, right? There's three things to the process, which are trust. Wait, for the certification, oh, there are three the things. One is trust. Yeah. We talked about that. The second thing that we checked for are the ingredients. Mm-hmm. And the third thing is the process itself. Yeah. So I want to touch on the last two of those things, which is yeah. the heart and soul of the certification itself. And so as I explained to the clients, it, kosher means a lot of things. Yeah. It means a million and one different laws. It's a little bit of an exaggeration, but there are literally thousands the, of the laws and requirements. And it's you can't really explain to somebody what kosher is. On the flip side, on the flip side, very easy to explain to somebody what halal is. No pig, no alcohol has to be blessed. You know, they they yeah. go as far as just tell you the the process, which is the third thing. How far do they go? If you use hand sanitizer, it has alcohol on it. You can't touch the product. Yeah. Or else it has alcohol on it. Mm. That's as far as they go. As far as kosher certification, alcohol is permitted. Yeah. So one of the reasons why RJ licorice is kosher but not halal, because they literally yeah. dip the licorice in uh, when it's hot over sixty yeah. degrees yeah. in alcohol. I never knew that. And spirit. That's what makes the coating. Ah. Mm. Good to know. Good to know. And it's dairy. Uh, yeah. But let's but, go back to the ingredients. So <laughs> You have a story about that. Oh, yes. Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> so let's talk about the ingredients. So basically, what if, if the way it works is very simple. 
uh, if there are raw materials and there is guess uh, materials that are sourced that are go through some kind of process yeah and this is where the olivado plant is actually really interesting as far as their supervision mm-hmm. and the, there's going to be a big change now in their upcoming certificate yeah olivado uh, so what basically if if you source avocados which they do or olives yeah or fresh almonds or fresh peanuts like pix peanut butter does yeah cashews um raw material like peas carrots salt sugar water etc 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 all of those are kosher as is yeah they don't require a certificate by default by default some Mm. things are not kosher no matter what like e120 there's emulsifiers I won't get into emulsifiers now because it's a whole other topic. But but emulsifiers need to be kosher. If the emulsifier is not kosher, nished. The whole thing's not kosher. Yeah. Um, for a lack of reasons. But the E120, there's uh, you get to know the numbers. That's made from cochineal yeah. or carmine, which is made out of bugs. And bugs are not kosher. Yeah. Therefore, anything with that product is not kosher. If you want that to be mm-hmm. kosher, you you have to switch from E120 to something else. To, somebody, to yeah. another, it's essentially red food coloring or red, that's basically what yeah, it is. The, the, the Beatles or something. The yeah. Beatles, they yeah. have cochineal, yeah. For example, gelatin is not kosher. Mm-hmm. There is kosher gelatin, but it's very, very rare and it's very difficult to get. And yeah, but gelatin, as a rule, is not kosher. When you, you know, without getting into specifics about gelatin, but mm-hmm. if you ask a kosher, any kosher certification that has any self-respect and credibility, you ask them, is gelatin kosher? The answer is no. There is no except. Yeah. No, except for the there is one except, which is the OU certified kosher gelatin, which is unbelievably expensive, and taken from yeah. shechted cows and shechted animals. <laughs> Basically, that's why it's so expensive. Fine. So that means, for example, Anchor yogurt hmm. would good. never be certified because it has gelatin. Yeah. Even Correct. if it's halal gelatin. It's no good for us. It's no good because you don't know if it's plant-based or not. Yeah. If you know it's plant-based, then you can open that up. But if it's from hmm. an animal, it's not kosher. Period. Then there's high-level certifications like wine and cheese and shechita, which I won't get into now, which require a Jewish person to be present and to do the actual manufacturing of the product yeah we're talking about manufacturers that they do the work you don't have to have somebody jewish do the actual work you mm. just have to make sure the process is okay that reminds me we should do a, a shechita episode when we get to shechita oh yeah week. oh yeah please god it'll be that like would two be, episodes that'll be fun it'll be so much fun yeah i can talk about shechita literally for like two days straight <laughs> so with most things you can. So meaning there's, so far we've mentioned two categories in the ingredients. One is kosher as is. Yeah. All natural products mm-hmm. that are kosher. Yeah. Right. Then there's never kosher, like gelatin, cochineal, and others. Pig, you know, yeah. lard, you know things like that. If, if you source those things, you you can't get it. Then there's a lot of the products which we check for, and this is a lot of my supervision, going through everything they source. Everything from citric acid, ascorbic acid, pectin, um... Uh, uh, flavors, colors, those types yeah. of things. All Even the, oils, the, oils that they source, oils, canola oil, different things. If you source it from mm-hmm. somewhere else, it must be kosher certified. Yeah. How do you know if it's kosher certified? 
you literally ask the company for their kosher certification. Just like I do kosher certification. For Alivado, mm. they source things that require kosher certification from so, all these kosher agencies around the world. In order to certify one company, you require certifications from every sourced plant. Plant. Product. So let's say every they bring in macadamia oil, or a good example, coconut oil. Yeah. How do they do their coconut or liquid coconut oil? They literally get the coconut oil to their plant, bottle it, and sell it under Olivado. Yeah. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. And there's companies that do B2B, which means business to business. Yeah. And there's retail companies like Olivado that do B2C, business to consumer. Yeah. So in order for the business to consumer to sell their product to the retail market, and the stores or, or clients directly or, or or importers or whatnot, they have to source the actual base product from another manufacturer. Yeah. Some things they manufacture on site, like avocado oil, they manufacture on site. But some of the avocado oil they actually get from Kenya, which is an unbelievable story, which I'll share in a moment. But so the coconut oil certified, I believe, by KA Kashrut Authority, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And and it's made in Malaysia or do you need to do you need to check what the certification is I need to check that it's a valid kosher certificate meaning there's one time there's one time I actually asked your dad there's one time yeah I remember that right where I went to another company I won't mention their name because I don't want to slam them because they're a great company Hmm. but and it's not their fault of their own they received this company from India that said it's kosher certified Hmm. it was a scam yeah at yeah. best, or just a ripoff, or a company, you know, and companies will write kosher suitable. Companies will yeah. declare, I'm telling you, this is something I confront. Mm. This product is kosher suitable. That means absolutely nothing. I tell companies, that's nice, but I need an actual valid certificate. Yeah. Do you ever come across, uh, say, so I had to make the, I had to make sure, just to finish the point, I had to make sure yeah. that the company either they had to take that product off their list or they switched. The suppliers to yeah. a supplier with the kosher certificate. Yeah, I've done that and I've taken things off the list. Um, I haven't yet ruled a client out for kosher certification, but I do have the power to do that. Mm. Meaning it would be less money for the center because the center gets the money, but also you have to keep your credibility as kosher kiwi. And other kosher organizations check us all the time. Yeah, a recent one checked us. One of our dairies. Where do we get the lactose from? Because if they make the lactose, it's not necessarily kosher. I said, don't worry. It's all covered. It's Orthodox Union. I send them the updated certificate. It gives kosher kiwi credibility mm. in the kosher world, which is the reputation is a thousand percent of what your kosher kiwi or any kosher establishment yeah. is, your reputation. So, you know, anything certified by Orthodox Union, you know that if they're tough on their clients. Yeah. And you know they, they will never accept something that's not 100% kosher. Yeah, really they won't play standards. games. They have very high standards. So, yeah. That's why they charge you know a lot of they charge seven thousand US dollars yeah. a client or more. Yeah, yeah. Um, you answered my question briefly, so I'll, I can forget about it. My question was if you see that somewhere somewhere sourcing. A material from a place that has a, a kosher certification which is a valid kosher certification but we don't necessarily recognize it as such what happens in that case so then you have to ver- verify that it's an actual kosher establishment there's all these little places like one one rabbi comes to mind from Strasbourg, who or there's hong kong kosher there's thai kosher there's mm. all these 
or kosher organizations maybe I'm not aware of yeah. in Italy. So the, the, the coolest one is the story of Alibaba. I'll leave you at this uh, for the ingredients. Is They do an unbelievable business model, which is this is just straight up promotion for Alibaba because I really think their story is amazing. Their avocados are, and their, their avocado oil, a lot of it is produced in Kenya. Yeah. And they literally gave Parnassa, like they gave uh, employment to all these Kenyans. Wow. And it's it's unbelievable. It's the highest form of tzedakah. Yeah, told it them. is. You yeah. should be proud of your business model hmm. because by, that's why the Olivado, the, the logo is a tree because that's the tree in Kenya. Ah. That's <laughs> what it is. And their owner, of course, lives where? In Switzerland because it's a global yeah. company. But this... <laughs> And their manager is from South Africa. Anyway, so what they do, they, they, they have this, they have Olivado EPZ, which mm. uh, which basically their extension in Kenya. And now I need to know that everything there is kosher. How do I know everything there is kosher, even though they're the same company? So they have a kosher certificate from the Nairobi Hebrew Congregation. Uh, and the official rabbi there That's cool. gives their kosher certification. Yeah. And they pay whatever they pay to the Nairobi Hebrew congregation. I'm sure they don't do a lot of kosher certificates. Their certificate is definitely not as doctored up and professional as OU or Kosher mm. Australia or KA or even ours, which is a very more professional template. But it's still acceptable. I know who it is and I can uh, ask at any point. I can speak to yeah. the rabbi at any point and find out. Uh, and it's just a cool story. But, you know, but so organizations like that you have to, if I didn't know who they were and I thought they were mm-hmm. sketchy, like the Indian one, I'd yeah. call them up or I'd call somebody else. People ask me, uh, have inquired about me. My favorite question was from a kosher organization in uh, New Jersey. Asked me, maybe it was Los Angeles, asked me, is there any grapes in our carrots? <laughs> Carrot juice. <laughs> Why? Because the carrots are purple carrots. Yeah. And I had to explain to him that biologically, we get a JP inside, right? All the way to Maru. Uh, uh, biologically, uh, the the pl- the carrots are actually purple. purple. The fact that yeah. they're orange is something new. Yeah. So I had to teach it because great products require a higher level of certification. <laughs> and, if, and if they do great products, it may not be kosher. And I had to explain to him, no, no, purple carrots is a thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> uh, so... That was, and we had a whole conversation about it. But what it did is established credibility for Kosher Kiwi with this other kosher organization. Yeah. And I think we're going to take another break. So we'll be back soon again. We're back again. (laughs) Again. So that's really as far as the ingredients, meaning just to summarize, the ingredients that are kosher as is, ingredients that are just not kosher, and the ones that require certification. Yeah. So the ones and that's what you check. If the certification is not up yeah. to date, they need to get one. Sometimes they switch suppliers, hmm. uh, and they need to get a certification from there. Some things don't require certification. And then it determines which products stay on the certification or uh, are off the certification, or if the entire plant somehow becomes not kosher, which in the past two years has never happened to me, with hmm. my clients, but it could happen. It could happen. It seems uh, with the especially the ingredients that are outsourced, um, seem seems pretty straightforward in, in the sense that you just need to sort of follow the the chain of where it's made and follow up the. the it's really simple. Side. It's actually, yeah. If you have a basic knowledge of kosher uh, understanding, 
a lot of people can do kosher certification. Hmm. The actual work of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, but there are halakha questions that come up, and you definitely need a working knowledge of halakha. To do it, you don't yeah. have to be the chief rabbi to do kosher certification. No. You can be a mashkiach. You have the baseline of halakha, what the issues are, what things are dairy, what things are not. Um, and also, we consult. I always consult with people. The, the recent one, which I didn't have to consult, but there's all these emulsifiers. Yeah. Which are E. Every time you see E. So that you can look up even in the Star K website or OK website, Circle mm-hmm. K, right? Uh, which are two big kosher organizations. Yeah. Massive. World massive. And they literally certify plants around the world. Yeah. Almost every single continent. Mm-hmm. And they have a list of which emulsifiers are kosher, not kosher, and question mark. One of the ones that comes up quite often is E471. Yeah. E471 can be... And, and what, what the emulsifier does, it... It enables two things that wouldn't na- would naturally mix, mix together. Mm-hmm. So you use it in gelatos, you use it in olive oil, you use it yeah. in like the classic emulsifiers, part oil, part water, so the oil and water mix because there's w- water in olive oil. Yeah. Instead of, But if you just mix water in olive oil, the olive oil would be on the top and the water would be on the bottom. It's just biology, yeah. right? Chemistry, yeah. whatever it is, right? So Substance density, I think. Yeah, yeah. well... It's a science. <laughs> That's not my department. My department is kosher certification. Is halacha a science? <laughs> it's halacha science. You can break it down to a science. Yeah, <laughs> science of religion. Um, so E four seven one is sometimes made out of fatty acids, and that would be not kosher. Yeah. There's a question mark though, because not like cochineal E one twenty, which is always not, not kosher. kosher. It is. There could be plant based. It could be certified. It could be not. But mm. you do require certification. It is called something called the ma'amid, which is like there's certain ingredients in different uh, kosher products, which, which in some cases, if they if there's a doubt whether they're kosher or not, if there's a very very minimal amount, it could be called what's called batel, right? It's nullified yeah. uh, because of the ratio, because mm-hmm. a very very small part of the ratio, and the ratio is so yeah. High, so if it goes one to two hundred, yep. or one to six, or one to twenty, you know, so so it's not it's not that significant. When it comes to emulsifiers, they literally make the product the way the way it is, mm. and therefore, even if if it's a high ratio, if it's one to a hundred, let's say, you need it kosher certified, or else the entire product is not kosher. Yeah. So there's recently a company that recently gave me a scare because they did a they use a butter replacer. Yeah. And and. Uh, they they source it from Indonesia. I do know that Indonesia and Malaysia, for the most part, use plant based products and not animal based products. Yeah, because of a lot of reasons. Also, because they're Muslim countries, but but hmm. for other reasons. So their vegetable oil I have it under authority from one of the rabbis I consulted with. Um, even without certification, you can rely on it for yeah. home use. Uh, and the, but the, they used E four seven one in their product. And they use this butter replacer in like all their products. So if that's not kosher, the whole plant needs to be shut down. Yeah. From for certification, I mean. I'm assuming. Um, and luckily, I found out. I told them that, and I was about to issue a new certificate. And I'm like, I have to hold it back. So yeah. I held it back a couple yeah. days. Said you need to get me the certificate for the E four seven one, at the very least. Or the whole butter replacer is better, but at least the E four seven one, and uh, and they did. 
and they got me a certificate for both, and the butter replacer is okay, and therefore everything else I know is okay because I checked it. Yeah. Uh, and most things they make on site or they use natural products, or, but but that was that was one of my scary moments because then you know for us it's losing a client. Yeah. But if you have to, you have to. You don't you don't play around with it. Yeah. Mm. So my question is, uh, what the what the question mark of emulsifiers? I'm assuming they're all not considered a no unless told otherwise correct the default is when it comes to kosher certification if there's a doubt the answer is no yeah it's like cricket yeah doubt not out uh, yeah <laughs> yeah so but in this case doubt out as out right <laughs> yeah doubt, if there's a doubt it's not kosher yeah mainly because of credibility yeah so like here's the difference by the way it's a huge difference between kosher certification for a product versus somebody's home Mm-hmm. Right, like when you're at home and you make a mistake, and like there may or may not have been blood in the egg, and you don't know, and you know there may have been yeah. milk that went in there, and is it batel? And like, you can be very lenient at home, yeah, or when you're eating at somebody's house if it's kosher house, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't know, and there's a suffix, and like you can give them the benefit of the doubt unless you know it's not kosher. Yeah, when it comes to kosher certification, you never give them the benefit of the doubt because your your reputation will be dead. Yeah, if if you mess up even with one product. Yeah. Cause then I'll say, and there is a person I know in the Southern hemisphere who's, who's certifies, has a cert, coach to certify organization who's killed his reputation because of questionable halakhic practices. Yeah. He certifies a place in Wellington and, and kosher Kiwi can never certify the place mm. and can never rely on it. And it's very tricky. Yeah. It's very tricky. Is it not kosher? I tell people it's not not kosher, but it's not it's not certified. Yeah, because because of the person's reputation. Yeah, could be that everything there is kosher and it's crying shame. Yeah, kind of a kosher eater eater you place in Wellington. <laughs> at least you have cafe ice with the ice cream. Um, even then, by the way, they use the E four seven one, but it's all vegan, all plant based. Yeah, and I verified that. So because for ice cream, it's a different E four seven one than others. They won't use fatty places. acid. Yeah, it, it doesn't help them. No, like from a production probably, perspective, probably hurts them more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he and he's ba- and he's vegan. Yeah. So, you know. So, but again, you have to check all those things. And some of the flavors, like tiramisu, mm-hmm. is not kosher because it's wine, yeah. and wine's not kosher. So, like seventy yeah. percent of his flavors are kosher. Not I all. Went, the I went to are kosher. Cafe, into uh, cafe ice before, and I, I yeah. saw your certificate. Oh, they put oh, it I up. Know that guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's good. They yeah, finally they put, put it up. up. Yeah. Thank you. Carl. The one down at. Uh, on the waterfront. Oh, they put it up on the waterfront. Yeah, that's good. They didn't put it one on Cuba Street yet. Haven't checked. <laughs> Next, <laughs> but so your the, certificate is somewhere. So is, let's yeah, let's well, go into process now. Yes, let's go into process. So the process is really where it gets tricky. Yeah. And again, the process could be a lot of things. I'll give you an example. A great example is let's just stick with Olivado. So they get their olive oil and, and oils and things from Kenya and from Australia, Malaysia, and other places, Indonesia. Yeah. It's fine. Part of the process is checking, which is half the ingredient, half the process, is checking their storage, meaning I check their certificates, then I check that they actually have the things that they say on their certificate in their storage. Yeah. So I go all around the plant, mm-hmm. and if there's something, one time I found uh, at a factory does frozen vegetables, I found mussels. 
not human mm. muscles, but yeah. the muscles that the, you the eat. The muscles that, that are not kosher. That we can't eat. That we can't <laughs> eat, yeah. And I was like, Shuhada muscles? <laughs> what, <laughs> what are these doing here? Anyway, so the, it's a whole chain. They make it somewhere else. And, but they had to give me a song and a dance. I had to make sure they, they're not processing muscles mm. in their plant. I was. They also had ice cream there, and I realized it was just a storage facility. Yeah. So it was fine. It doesn't go through the actual manufacturing, but it was really highly questionable at the time, uh, and it, it could have been a make or break for their their company. Yeah. Until uh, thank God it wasn't. The certification. Yeah, for their certification. I mean, mm. and they rely on their certification for clients. Like if they lose certification, it's bad. But uh, for example, Olivado, some of their uh, process is done offsite. Which happens a lot, you know. Comp- companies outsource things, yeah, for business purposes. Not un- uncommon at all. It's very common, and it's actually yeah. good business practice. Yeah, because you don't want, as a company, you want to do one thing really, really well, do things really, really well, and therefore you yeah. either do everything in house, like Barker's, for example, does everything in house, yeah. or you uh, even then they outsource some things, or you just say, you know what, like bagels or other companies, like when refining companies with oils specifically. Uh, let's let them do it because that's what they do. We'll outsource it to them. We pay them. They, we, we send our product to them. They bring it back refined. Yeah. Done. Now, the problem was, or is, I should say, that this other company is not certified for their secondary process. Yeah. For their refining. And I don't know what other oil goes through there. And I do know that there are non-kosher products that go through there mm-hmm. in this other company. Yeah. Which is in like the Bay of Plenty, and they're up in Kerry Kerry, so it's relatively close. And I told them for those products, I can't certify them because I don't know what goes on in the plant, unless that plant has kosher certification. When I did offer, so, so meaning the the actual ingredients are kosher. Yeah. Right. Just to explain to the listeners, the ingredients are 100% kosher. I've certified them. I've certified that the certificates for their lemon zest and all the flavors yeah. and all the different things they use are kosher. Again, so this, that's the first... Well, well, the, the second, the, stage, the second right? stage. We have trust. That's one. Yeah. Two, all the ingredients are checked. Yeah. They don't use any non-kosher Which, ingredients. as you said, is the easy part. That's the easy part. Yeah. Well, sometimes it's hard with certain yeah. ingredients, but, but it's, it's pretty straightforward. It's the easier part. Yeah, it's either kosher, non-kosher, or you have a certificate or not. Yeah. And you literally just have to check it. Anybody can do it. Anybody yeah. knows how to ch- read can do it. Yeah. You just have to be honest and read it. Okay. And check that that what it's in the storage matches what's on the certificate. But then it gets to the process. So in this case, they, they process it somewhere else off-site. Now, if that off-site... So I need a certificate that the... Uh, either I need to certify it. And that's why I tell companies. I'll go there. I'll certify the process. Even if it's a one-off. Yeah. And go through an audit once, or as an ongoing thing, or that other company can come a kosher supplier as yeah. well, kosher certified plant. Yes. And then I know I certify, and this happens. It's very common. I'll see uh, a product, even with oil. They had they source uh, uh, things from Midlands, who's one of our clients. Yeah. And I'm signed off on it. Yeah. So I'm like, I know that guy. That's a good <laughs> certificate. You know. So I. I, I have clients that support other clients. I also yeah. encourage clients to go to other clients of mine to give them the business. Yeah. Because also I know they're kosher. And then, and then it's easier Zealand. for your, for your person. And then it's easier. Well. Then it, yeah. Then I know. Okay, you do this. Or you source it from there. Or you do this off-site. You source it to them. I know they're good. Because I know the site. Yeah. Right. 
and it's not a conflict of interest because I don't get kickback or money for it. Like there's no there's no conflict of interest because you could yeah. say it's conflict of interest. You know, if I get a percentage, that would have been conflict of interest. That's unethical. But I'm not doing yeah. anything unethical because uh, because I am uh, literally just connecting businesses. And they're certified, and they pay the same, and I get no benefit out of it, other than knowing that they're going to a kosher plant. Yeah. And sometimes I'll refer to plants that are not under my certification. It's just a matter of if it's kosher or not. That's really what I care yeah, about. So, so in this, in this case, the benefit is truly for the community with kosher certification. Yeah, but I'm saying for the company. Um, in terms of in terms yeah, of yeah, like if they conne- want connection between company okay. and company, meaning if a company says I want canola oil or rapeseed oil, yeah, right, then <laughs> canola oil, whole, horrible canola. Name. It's I know, we've been over this. We have been over this. <laughs> Came up with that name, idiot. So, <laughs> so canola oil. So I know one of my clients now, just just north of Christ, just south of Christchurch, uh, um, uh, does kosher canola oil. Yeah. So I will refer them to that company simply because there's not a lot of kosher canola oil companies here, but also helps my client. But also yeah. mainly because I know that it's kosher because I certify it. Yeah. And other plants make canola oil, and, and many times it comes to trading companies like Gilmore's or Davis Trading or Hawkins, Watt, or all these companies that most people don't even know they exist. Yeah. They're trading companies. They, they, they're middlemen. Yeah. They, so if they say they can say it's kosher suitable, they they know nothing. They source it from somewhere else and they, they give it. They buy it and they they, and they, they buy it and they sell it to locally. Yeah. They're the, essentially they're an importer. Right? Yeah, that's basically what they are. Which is great. It's good business and it's fine. It's easy for companies to go through them. Say you source me this. I need this quality. This thing. Da 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 da. And I need it to be kosher. So then they'll get it, but they don't always understand what's kosher, what's not. So you have to certify that. In this case, I had to take off about a third of Olivado's. Um, uh, products they wanted to take it off anyways because they do it off-site it's not kosher certified yeah so now does that affect their entire plant no because all the things they do on-site are kosher yeah but the things that they do off-site and i actually caught them caught them it's not not their fault but i did catch gotcha uh, moment. i caught a mistake that they had kosher kiwi symbol on a product that was went through the secondary process that was uncertified and I actually made them take it off their labels, which is a big deal for them because labels are expensive. Yeah. And I told That's them, you, you have to take this, you have to either put a sticker on it or take it off your label altogether. Mm. So they did. And that's no longer kosher at this point. That's good. Um, it's not good because you want it to I mean, be more, but it's good. It's, it's good it's for good the that, good that you got it because otherwise, you, yeah, you're having something that it's not kosher. And that's right. You think so, it is. That's right. Uh, um, but you know, but what I do with the companies, you know, not every kosher organization does this. Most kosher organizations do like audits, like MPI yeah. or other. Like it's not kosher. It's not kosher. You're not kosher. You're not kosher. Tough. Your luck. Your luck. Mm. Your loss. That's it. And they're there to be the bad guy. I try to be the good guy and the bad guy simultaneously, which is very difficult. So this is just the way I run it. So I say, look, it's not kosher. Done. Now let's find a solution how to make it kosher. Yeah. Again. Mm. Meaning I don't compromise, but I try to come up. I, I, I said, yeah, you don't pay per product. Sort of if you want to yeah, to uh, get this status again, the, these are the steps you need to take. Plus I can get another kosher client out of it. Yeah. Which happens sometimes. Yeah. That a client will refer me to another client, hmm. to another pro- uh, manufacturing plant 
That's A, either certified and I don't know about it, which happens as well, which is fine. Then we never have kosher turf wars. That's bad for business. <laughs> we don't do that. Because you get into a war, especially with a bigger organization, they'll kill you. You don't want that. And plus, it's, it's not nice. And it's bad business. Yeah. Um, or if they're not certified, then I can certify them. Mm. I offer, meaning. And then whether I can or not, is a different story. But let's talk about, for example, another place uh, in Payatua that does candies. Recently became a kosher client just about a year ago. And they have things with gelatin. As I said, it's not kosher. Yeah. So, a, lot, a lot of candy places tend to use gelatin. Right, but not for all their products. No, not for everything. They do inclusions, which means which means they do uh, uh, things that you put in ice cream or in tip-top ice cream or others, yep. right? Hmm. And for some of their inclusions, they got a request from the client to be kosher certified. So they called me up. Hmm. It was really last minute. Like, we need it, like, next week. Da, 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 da. So I went to Brian Aarons drove me, and you can, you can ask him about it. It was a nice trip. It's just in Payatua, just north of Masterton, like two and a half hours from here. So yeah. I went. And, uh, and so there's many, now there's non-kosher products on site. So then you can ask, well, how can you certify such a thing? So first of all, you go through a process. For example, if everything is made cold, then, you know, mm. this is just basic kosher laws like you would have in your kitchen, except this is on a commercial level. Yeah. So if there's, if everything is made cold, you need to have a proper cleaning between the non-kosher product and the kosher product. Yeah. You don't need a time stand down and you're good hmm. right. or if it's made hot hot is over 42 or 45 degrees depending on your halakhic opinion yeah and in this case it's some things are 130 degrees some things are 60 degrees you know so it's hot it's all made hot they can't these candies eventually yeah. they're cool but the process is hot that's why you have to see yeah. the actual process have you ever seen um them make the hand pulled uh like hard hard lollies the the boiled boiled lollies, so it's no. like the sugar and the and they put no. some water in it and stuff and they they like take it all out and put it on the table, and it's like one thing yeah, but it's like melts and like takes together and melts. So I've and seen like similar things yeah. It's videos on on yeah, online yeah. that I've seen. It's really cool. It's really cool. It's really really cool. Really cool. So here they heat things up to like 120 degrees and and pour it out this big thing and eventually it's cut up and then it comes to the small little chocolate balls at the yeah. end but like it's big strip and like wow things go through pipes things like you get to learn a lot about the process and about their cleaning and water here water there and there's uh, every time you go into a plant you have to put on hair net beard net yeah. uh, gloves sometimes sometimes yeah. the whole overalls boots you have to wash your hands and again and again and again and like it's and you have to scrub your boots. It really depends. Yeah. You have to walk through solution. It really depends on the level of hygiene that they're required. But I I spent a lot of hair nets, beard nets, you know. Yeah. I shaved my beard is the only time I didn't need a beard net. I reached for a beard <laughs> net and I was like he says, You don't need a beard net. Full like, habit. Oh, wow. That was cool. That was like one visit. No. Yeah. I grew my beard back, thank God. So, <laughs> so how how do you deal with hot products? So the way you deal with hot products is really one of two or three ways. One, you have to do you either say, "Look, nicht kosher, not, hmm. sorry, can't help you," or you, now in this case, the ing- the products they wanted are kosher. Yeah, ingredient wise, 
But the process makes it not kosher. The hot process. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Because if you cook something with gelatin at 60 degrees, 100 degrees, over 45 degrees essentially, yeah. and then you put in something else afterwards, all the equipment is, is in touch with, with hot it's heat and hot contact with something that's yeah, not kosher. So, so it and therefore, it deems the whole, every single product is not kosher. Yeah. That's just the laws of kosher, right? Mm. So the, the plant doesn't understand this. So that's why they need me to certify it. So then they can either clean it, do a, a clean down. They have a full chemical clean down. They clean down between products anyways for hygienic reasons, allergens, you know, yeah. things like that. Taste, right? Quality of the product. And then they have to clean everything with uh, with boiling water, meaning over 100 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Now, this plant can't do that. They can only do that for some of their stainless steel things. But their, their conveyor belts and, and others, they, they just can't do that or they're going to destroy their equipment. Yeah. So that's fine. So I said, you don't have to do that. So then what's the solution? So the solution is to have a 24-hour stand-down period. And a full kosher clean, and for and for the things you can do 100 degrees, do 100 degrees, and that's what that's the arrangement I have with them. So in the licensing, I made them, uh, I, I required them, I should say, to completely change their kosher, uh, uh, pr- their production, scheduling. Yeah. So their natural stand down period are Sundays, so they don't work on Sundays. So they do on Fridays, or let's say they work on Saturdays even. Yeah. Uh, they work Monday to Friday in general. Some plants work on Saturdays. So let's say mm. Monday to Saturday, they do a full clean down, which they do anyways at the end of every day, especially yeah. before the weekend. And then the, uh, the 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 big cauldron they use to boil their products, they clean anyways at the beginning of each day over 100 degrees. That's part of their process anyways. I was lucky. Or else I'd have to yeah. for, enforce that. But they do that anyways. And they spill that onto their tables. I made them spill it onto their tables. Uh, which, at, at boiling point. And then, uh, and then they start their kosher production. Because there's a 24 stand-down period. Which essentially takes the taste out of the other equipment. Because mm. it's been a full clean down. Yeah. And 24 hours. So the beginning of the week, from Monday till, let's say, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever it is, they do their kosher products. And then from that point on, they do their non-kosher products. Do mm-hmm. a full clean down at the end of the week. And then, chazer chalila, every single week. And I, But they have to schedule it that way. So when I do my audit next, I have to make sure that's how they're doing it. And they schedule, meaning they have to schedule and it that way. And if they were to change that in the middle of the... Of the, they have to of either the call me if they I catch to, them doing that, I take away their certification. Yeah, so they, they, have, the to, they have to inform, inform you as in... Yeah. They're obligated to inform That's you. right. And everything, and, that, and that's an assigned contract. Yeah. It is not trust. I mean, yeah, there's yeah, trust, yeah. The, the, but there's a signed contract. It's a, it's a twofold, yeah. Cause it's the, but even if you sign a contract, like, unless you have a camera and you're watching there all the time. Yeah. So no, that's yeah, a plan yeah, I really should know. go there about, like, twice a year, just to check in on them. Yeah. Because the process is very difficult. Um, and I've checked in on them uh, every so often throughout the year. So, so that's really the three stages to it. You know, when it comes to the trust, the ingredients, the process, and then every plant is different. Yeah. One plant, and I'll leave you with this. One plant um, makes um, I forget exactly the name of the product, but essentially it's D. It's a it's a chemical essentially that 
Oh, right, thickeners. Right, that that takes away the th- thickening from different products. What? 85% of their, uh, of their uh, product is made for paint, which you don't eat. <laughs> paint. <laughs> yeah. Because it takes away the thick thickness from the paint. Yeah. Right? It's essentially thinner, right? It's a paint so to make sure to make sure that it'll paint, you know, the paint will go on the wall properly, right? Yeah. So it's a chemical. It's a chemical, it's, or it's a solution really that you put into, the, it's liquid form that you put into the paints, right? Fifteen yeah. percent of their product is food grade, and that's what they need the kosher certificate for. So they had an issue with the previous rabbi that certified them, which yeah. is that they used oil that wasn't certified. And they had to use proper oil for the cert- coach-certified product. They used the f- first oil because it was cheaper, but it wasn't certified. So that yeah. means they had to do the whole clean-down and 24-hour shutdown and everything I told you, right? Yeah. It's pain in the neck. So it took them 18 months because these uh, companies, to change things, takes them a long time. Yeah. And they completely changed over their oil to certified kosher oil to make sure the whole plant was kosher. Oh. Even for their paints. I spoke to the owner. Why did he do that? He said, because it made my life easier. So, even though 85% of his products aren't even food grade, let alone kosher. Yeah. <laughs> I told him, nobody nobody requires kosher paint. And if they do, they need to go to like a psychiatric ward or something. You know? yeah. it's like it's a, they're mentally <laughs> ill, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah. But But um, when it comes to... But then he did. He doesn't have to switch oil. It was incredibly stressful, or else he'd have to shut down and not be kosher. But he needs to be kosher because one of his clients is asking him to be kosher. It's yeah. all it's all economics. Yeah. So to make his life easier, he just made the whole plant kosher, and that way, once the plant is kosher, all we have to do is check the ingredients. Done. There's nothing on the site that's made not kosher. For this plant in Payatu, I always have to check their process. Yeah. Very diligently. And in Olivado, I have to make sure what's done on-site, what's done off-site. Mm-hmm. Which is fine, right? Yeah. It doesn't make my job harder, necessarily. I don't mind it. But it's it's more of a pain for the company. But it also makes... I mean, it means every single process is, is different. Yes. Right. And that's why, the pro- that's why for, by the way, if you go and say, oh, I'll look at the ingredients on a product, see if it's kosher... Mm. You have no idea. You meaning anybody. Yeah. Including myself. Unless you know what goes on in the plant. Yeah. Or unless you know it's kosher certified. And then some things are certified, but they don't have a kosher logo on it. That's fine. As long as you know by a credible app or organization or website that it's kosher. Yeah. Or the kosher list. That's fine. Or, the kosher, yeah, that's yeah. why you have the kosher list and websites. And that's yeah. a conversation for a different time. But yeah. but but uh, it doesn't have to have a kosher logo. But you should know that there is a kosher certificate that it does have out there. Yes. Uh, and is provided for and it's been checked. Or it's under a ruling like London Mating has rulings. Things that are kosher as is. You know, rice is kosher as is unless it's cooked. Mm. Pasta is kosher as is, you know, beer, things like that, right? So, you know, uh, unless there's any great product in the beer. Or, or look out for E120. Or look out for fructose, which is some great. And all these things you learn as you go on. Yeah. Okay. I think that was a good lesson for everyone, including myself, because I don't really know too much about your certification process. Well, now you do. The door's opening. That's weird. Um... Elijah the prophet. Yeah. <laughs> or Casper the friendly ghost. Or Casper the friendly ghost. <laughs> Next week we're going to talk about 
uh, something to do with Hanukkah because mm. it will come out in the middle of Hanukkah and that will be exciting. Um, I don't know what. what, what well, we can, we can what do, can we do about uh, what, what I would like. There's one of two choices. I'll let you choose. Or maybe mm. we can talk about both. A, what was the actual miracle? Uh, question with a hundred. Question answers. with a hundred answers. Yeah. And which ties into the second question, which is. What, I mean, that the first question was the actual miracle as it pertains to the oil. Yeah. And the th- second question is, what was the actual miracle? Why is it such a big deal? Mm. Why are we making a big deal about oil? And why did Hashem create an, a, a, a miracle about oil? Why did they have to look at it for the first place, which has to do with yeah. Jewish sovereignty in Israel? I think we'll um, we'll definitely decide. No, but they're connected. And, yeah, but, but you'll... They, they, they're connected, but we'll decide the the topic mm. for sure. We will, and we'll um, you'll find out next week. Okay. Next week, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, or Shavuot, or Shavuot, <laughs> whenever you might be listening. Whenever um, you listen to this podcast, there's not much you can argue with us about this. I don't think. No, because it's, it's all about. Well, your if process. you do, then you, you but if you do, you're welcome to. Would be under question. You could ask <laughs> questions, though. Ask questions. Yeah, ask uh, questions about different things. Uh, different products, you know, if they're kosher or not, or, or if you have any kosher questions, yeah. or if you, yeah, if you ever, or if we wanted to get answers about different factories, I have. I'm not gonna liberty to give you the names of all of them, but I can tell you anonymously about different experiences I've had with them. If you want to learn more about kosher certification, it's yeah. a really fascinating thing. It's really interesting. Um, so like, subscribe, and follow on all platforms uh there's a link tree below in the description of all of our podcasts on descriptions and in all the podcast platforms as well as youtube um and follow us on instagram eu-t-s underscore podcast i think that's it have a very good week thank you amos bye this has been everything under the sun